welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio for us all. Show Network. I'm your host, Aurelia, and I'm coming to you live from outside my normal studio. So you're going to hear some noise in the background and often, you know, a bunch of different things going on, but it's all good. You know, it's been an, um, no ordinary day for me today, so I am just learning how flexible I really am. And I'm pretty darn flexible because I've been out of my element for two days now, and I, I'm still standing. Anyway, I have to tell you, I've been blessed with the opportunity to meet some amazing people, some, I mean, incredible people. And much like today's guest, um, you know, I can say he is a very, no, not very, extremely, he has an extremely impressive body of work. And he's done work from multiple sides of the music industry, which is really, you know, from my perspective, very challenging. And he's been very successful at it. You know, I was often told that, you know, where you start is not where you end. And things may go full circle, but the point on the circle is always changing. So you never know where you're going to end, but you may be back where you started, but in a different spot. So today's guest, Mr. Joe Adams, is an example of that scenario. He is a native of Newark, New Jersey, and he has... Let's see, he began um, his music career with singing at a very early age. So I want us to have this conversation with Mr. Adams, and I want us to get to know him better and let, you know, the listener understand exactly what I mean by, you know, saying he has a very extensive and impressive body of work. Please allow me the opportunity to bring to you Joe Adams. Hello, hello, the Coco Express Show. How you doing tonight? We are doing well, and we're glad we have you with us. I'm so happy to be here. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on out and and you know and talk to the people. Very rare. Yes. Well, I say very oh. rare, but and I get to do it solo. You know, this is this is so this is a pleasant, pleasant surprise. Oh, oh great! Now, okay, uh, you know said a little bit about your beginning, but you started at a very early age in the music industry. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, yeah, I started early. I, I, you know, I decided at a young age um, that I wanted to be a singer. I was influenced by my uncle. He yeah. had such an amazing voice. I decided that's what I wanted to do and become um, and joined the group. Uh, very young age at 12 years old, Project 6, um, you know, around the way group, you know, we talking, I don't, you know, I don't care about my age, but, you know, we talking in the 80s, you know. Uh, did some singing. We we kind of grinded and grinded and, you know, we opened for everyone that came through Jersey, uh, you know, Newark area, uh, Montclair, East Orange, Orange, uh, Run DMC, Fat Boys. I mean, just all of, the, all of the stars that came through back then. But But what was unique about us is that we were very young, but we set, we sounded like older men, so that that was our catch. Um, at 17 years old, uh, we decided we wanted to audition for the Apollo because we had kind of exhausted, you know, everything here in Jersey. So you know, we we kind of felt like, wow, I think we could get a, you know, we could get a record deal. We just didn't really know how to go about it, but you know, everyone was on the Apollo, so we figured we'd just take that route. Say, hey, let's go to the Apollo. So we decided to go to the Apollo, and on our way there, you know, we would always have our radio um, and, you know, have our tape playing so we could warm up or, or impress girls, either either one, you know, because we like to sing for the ladies, uh, walking down the street singing and stopped at the corner, uh, you know, to cross the street, and there was a female right next to us, and she said, hey, you guys sound amazing. My is a producer. He's right across the street. And, you know, make a long story short, we, he came over, he, he heard us, he couldn't believe it. But the interesting thing this day was 
that he told us he had the number one R&B song in the country. <laughs> oh, you know, we're on, we're on the street corner of Harlem. It's kind of snowing. <clears throat> He's not looking like some big-time producers. You know, we've heard all of that before, so we're like, yeah, right, sure. Took his card, went on to the Apollo, made the audition. Um, I think about two, three days later, actually we did check his name, was on the record when we got home. We couldn't believe that. So we actually had met a real producer. Um, and he called us and said, yeah, I, want, I want, want you guys to come over to New York. I want to introduce you to some people. We went over there, and um, we were at Def Jam. He took us to Def Jam. We we we, we sung for the, for the office staff. They loved it. Then they called Russell, who was out of town at the time, and we sung for him over the speakerphone. And at that moment, he said, give them a record deal. And it literally went it literally went down that way. He Went in the went in a drawer. I know people have heard these type of stories all the time, but this is how it went. <laughs> he went in the drawer, pulled out a recording contract, pulled out a rush management contract, and told us to take it home to our parents. Gave us some lawyers, uh, uh, cards, and that we can get in touch with, and and we left out of there with a record deal, just like that. Wow. But it wasn't an overnight thing, you know. Mm-hmm. People, we. There was an article in our local newspaper that the headline was, you know, about us that said overnight success. <clears throat> you know, guys walking to success, and it just wasn't overnight. And I had, you know, always let people know there's no such thing as that. I'd never heard of it. Never heard of overnight success, <laughs> and hardly anything really. No, to be honest with you, you're absolutely right. Neither have I. Everyone who's become successful, there was some serious work done before they got there. Definitely. Oh, lots yeah. and lots of hard work. Yeah, that was my early career. It was uh, it, it was it was kind of short lived due to you know group problems and you know mm-hmm. kind of <clears throat> some of the things that teenagers go through, especially if you don't have your parents or adults really guiding you. And we 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 didn't have that. We not that we had bad parents, but we took our singing upon ourselves. You know, this is something that we, my grandmother didn't even know we were that popular until, like, right before we got signed. Like, you know, you don't understand. We're really popular. So, um, it, so it was, it was, it was, you know, it was an experience, but it really, really set my career off. Yes, so that, and that was, you have had an amazing career at that. 25 years in the industry? I've been working on it. I, I like to say I've been working on it for 25 years. Yeah, I like to, okay. I like to put it that way because it's always a work in progress. Well, that's amazing in itself, you know, and. Say it again. Um, you've reinvented yourself in many different ways as in over the years. Oh, yeah, I think um, staying ahead of the curve is mm. is kind of important, seeing what's coming next. Um, you know, I kind of saw early on that, you know, not only that, just being around Russell and that whole Def Jam Energy was, it was a you know a independent label had a distribution under Columbia, but it was such a, it, it really was independent. You know, it really was a, a entrepreneurial uh, spirit throughout the whole company. Very small, but and that you know I kind of caught that just watching Russell, who <clears throat> he was the first to 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 get into this hip hop branding. You know, just an amazing person to to kind of be around and to learn from. You know, him watching the basketball players get deals, sneaker deals, and, you know, just being able to see around that curve to say, hey, we're selling Adidas a lot of sneakers. We need some money for that. You know, we're saying, we're saying Calvin Klein ain't no friend of mine. We, we're giving him advertising. So he kind of saw that, and, and mm-hmm. just me being around that, I don't think that it rubs off on you, and I don't think you can ever get it off of you. So okay. I just, you know, always had that spirit, you know, of just being around Russell in the beginning of, of, of his blowing up, you know, and watching him work and reinvent And well, and look at where he is now. I mean, he has. I have to admit that he is one of, from my perspective, one of the most impressive businessmen I've ever seen. Oh yeah, he uh, he definitely needs to just do in that. Because he, like I said, he's the, I did it all. You know, it wouldn't be the Puffies and the Jay-Zs and, you know, all of those artists that after him, 
saw what he did that came out and said, hey, man, multi-branding is where it's at. You know, I can get into clothes. I can get into colognes. I can get into TV. I can get into all. Russell showed the world that hip-hop is powerful enough to withstand the test of time and to basically take over the world. He, he stuck to his guns. He multi-branded mm-hmm. into, you know, when he came out with the Fat Farm. So it was just a a, a, a lesson, a free it's almost like going to college for free, you know, just being around that energy. Rick Rubin and Leo Cohen and Lisa Cortez and Faith Newman and Bill Adler. I mean, they were really rocking Dante Ross, really going hard, Simone. And it was just, you know, it was, it was, it was like getting a free course in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's you couldn't pay for this, to be totally honest. Because and there's no education, there's no building that could give you this type of education at all. So you were really, I mean, you were really in the middle of something phenomenal. And the, the fact that you had that opportunity is just simply amazing. Because I'm blown away just listening to you. Yeah, oh, it, it was, you know, it really was uh, amazing. I think I think it was like that. Also, the culture. Like that, and I try to maintain the same culture and all the things that I, I'm involved with. Um, was again, like I said, that entrepreneurial never give up spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys were on a ride in a serious wave, you know, on a serious high, way up there, and they didn't intend on coming down. So, being just being around that and watching, uh, you know, receiving that education, receiving that mentorship was just amazing. And, and you're right, they, they don't have it in schools anymore. They, I don't, you know. To me, it's perplexing. It's just crazy that music is not in schools in the United States. That is unbelievable. I'm, I mean, besides being in a band or something like this, school more, I mean, being taught. You know, back in the day, we had those little recorders. I don't know. I don't know how, how old you are, but you know, back in the '80s and '70s, we had those little recorders. You had to take music. It was a part of your curriculum. Mm-hmm. So well, I went to a performing arts high school, so it was oh. mandatory. I was a music major, so I I understand what you're saying. Wow, well check you out. So, and speaking of reinvention, see you reinvented yourself <laughs> many times over the years. So you have the entrepreneur, and I think music kind of teaches that. It 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 it, and, uh, it encourages our brain to see things differently, to work yes. our problems, to be creative, and this. Yes. Is, this now generation is missing. They have no outlet, you know, for creativity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's especially musically. And I'm and I just don't understand why. Like I don't understand music is a part of our economy, a huge part of our economy. So why wouldn't that be as important as becoming an engineer? or an architect or something like that, you know? And I also also read, you know, that music helps with um, mathematic ability as well. Not only mathematics, it it also heals. Sonics sound waves are very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they, they're part of our life. They, 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 they affect us. Uh, that's just a fact. So the matter is, when you have a sad scene in a movie, they play sad music, it affects you. They don't play happy music because they know that the music is a part of the scene. You know, so when when we when we play positive music to Alzheimer's patients, to uh, children with autism, this so-called I say so-called ADHD, whatever they go. It, it, it heals them. I have a friend. She plays the music to her mother. She has Alzheimer's, dementia setting on, and it's amazing how her memory starts to come back. It's something about that sound, you know, that is healing her. In the same sense, when you take the education out and you have economic problems in certain areas of your of your community, you know, in your country, and you throw in negative music, and negative sound waves and, you know, then what we see happening in the black community is uh, it's going to become a part of our culture, and that's unfortunately what has happened. 
Mm-hmm. You know, how are we going to find Skip Dillard? Uh, also, you know, I love talking to him. He's the uh, station manager for High 97 and WBLS and WLIB here in New York. And mm-hmm. he said, well, how are we going to find the next Stevie Wonder? How? Because it's not in the schools. There's no nine-year-old don't have a piano at his house. He's going to play it in the school. We're never going to find these people. And, mm. it, and it's affected our, our music production. It's just affected us all around the board where we're being selling uh, sex, misogyny, and death to our own kind, you know, through music. So it's it's just, wow, it's just amazing. Uh, it's just ironic. And what a quagmire we're in right now. Yes, you're, you're yeah, absolutely right. Rant, <laughs> I'm so no, big it's okay. It's okay thing. because um, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, I had Freddie Jackson on the show, and he basically said that he wanted to bring back R and B because it's a it's a dying art. And at first, I was like, "Well, it's not dying. We still have the old songs to listen to." And I was like, "That's the point right there. We have the older songs to listen to." We have no new music that really inspires us in the manner that the older songs did. Right, and it's it and it. <clears throat> okay, now inspiration can be. What is inspiration? Something can inspire you to do bad, and so or something can inspire you to do good. Something can inspire you to be lazy. It just it's something that just affects your judgment, right? So, the old R and B songs inspired us to love each other. If you listen to all those all of them, all of them, even the ones about sex were still very respectful. When I get that feeling, I need sexual healing. You see, it was still respectful. You know how many babies was made to Barry White music? And he said, he said one of his songs, take it off, take it all off. <laughs> you see me? I want you the way you came into the world. That's romantic. You see what I mean? So... I have to agree 100% with Freddie. It, where's the inspiration for it? So if we don't have that, those positive sound waves and sound bites and images going into our head to inspire us to love each other, to inspire us to respect each other, marriage, and all of these things, uh, even even wanting to have great sex. See, even our, our songs don't even promote that. They promote Let's drink. Let's get busy. I don't want to see you no more. See, so yes, yeah. Jackson, we can't bring back the old, but we need to bring back that inspiration, those lyrics, those feelings of of love. Get rid of the sexism, the misogyny, the killing. I mean, when I went to a party, I wanted to grind up on a girl. I don't want to be worried about shots being fired. Like Biggie said, please don't shoot up the place because I see some ladies tonight that could be having my baby. I don't. I don't want that cool song, but I'm not feeling that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we need to go back to that or, or, or move forward into it. Yes, I think moving forward into it is probably um, more like it because, I mean, we've learned a lot. We've learned so much. And we know so much now. We have so many different options available to us. So we should be, like, breathing right into that particular avenue, but it seems like it's a street nobody wants to go down. Well, because no one, you know, if, I, if I'm in a, if I'm in a, uh, if I'm in high school and, uh, you know, everybody around me is one way, it's really hard to, to go against the grain. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who's to say, I wonder how, if I came up in this current music industry environment, how would I be? Would I be thinking about love songs and or what I want to do with what all the other kids are doing? You know, which is misogyny, sexism and, you know, killing and drug dealing and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You know, how do I say, Hey man, you know, like like you like you take your J. Coles and your Kendricks and these people like they take they take a big chance to not go with the norm. You know, so how how do you stand out? We don't have live instruments anymore. You know, um, other cultures do. I I don't use the, I like the word race. I say cultures. Other cultures still play their live instruments. We started rock and roll. Rock and roll was invented by us. Jazz is invented by like Bruno Mars said. All music invented by us. Where is it now? You see, so we're in a we're in a, we're in a serious 
serious. Like I said again, that word quagmire. We're in a serious, serious catch twenty two right now mm-hmm. because it's affecting us culturally. Yeah. By promoting these negative images to us, you know, I hate to sound like you know, because some younger people say, "Man, he sounds like an old man," <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that that are not aware of what's what's going on. They would say that, and then those mm-hmm. some of the young kids that are awake to say, "Hey, man, I'm not with that." Yes, you know, it's just yes, not indeed. Cool. It, it, yeah, um, you know, I agree with you 100% on what you're saying, and you know. The, the difficult part of it is, where are the people like you? Because, you know, you also teach the business of music seminars um, yeah. in conjunction with LIU. Now, you're teaching, you're giving back, you're, you know, allowing people to understand and, and be more informed and to wake up. So right. and, uh, how did that start? And, you know, how effective are do you feel that you're being in this role? Well, the, the Business and Music Seminar came about because uh, I believe in, you, you know, it's a statement I, I always hear on one of my motivational uh, YouTube. I watch videos. Um, if you help people get what they want, you can get everything you want. So and that was one goal. The second one was I really wanted to, to get more contacts in the industry. The third was I wanted to show the younger people that um, – you don't you don't necessarily have to be Rihanna to be successful, and nine out of ten times you won't be Rihanna, you won't be Jay Z, you will not be Kendrick Lamar. Okay, I use the analogy of basketball player. You're what six four, six five, seven six seven, seven feet. Some of them. You didn't get drafted. You're not going to the NBA. Somewhere along the line, someone should have been telling you to get an education in the business of basketball. You see, sometimes you it's better to work the inside out. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, give an yes, example. I uh, here I am. I'm I'm six five. I'm I'm seven feet tall, but I have to work at Google. I can't even fit in my office. They don't even have chairs or desks. I can't. They have to accommodate me. No. I, if you had gotten an education while you were playing basketball, then you would be working in the business of basketball. So that's the thing that I encourage with the business of music seminars is that, um, yeah, sure, be, be be a songwriter, write your songs, be a rapper, be what you know, singer, all these different things. But if you're a songwriter, why not go to school for music publishing? That business of music publishing, so that day you can go to a Sony. ATV music publishing, you're in there as an assistant, and you're still a song moonlighting as a songwriter. I have so many friends that work in companies right now, and ASCAP, publishing companies, record labels, but they're still songwriters. They're still managers. They're still instrument players, you know, session players. They mm-hmm. still have their band. They're working from the inside out. If a TV show, if I'm working at Sony Publishing, but I'm a songwriter, I want to be this be this big-time songwriter, I'm going to hear first who needs music. See to me, So this, this is one thing that I encourage to, the, to all of the younger people, like, please get an education in the music business. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't, if you're the publicist to Rihanna or the makeup artist to Rihanna, you're not going to give a damn. <laughs> you, all you know is you're in uh, Nova Scotia somewhere doing her makeup. <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna do. I, I, I used to and harmonize it with every now and then. Yeah, girl, I used to sing. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> you won't care. <laughs> Johnny Depp started out as a singer. Jamie Foxx started out as a singer. Hey, you think he can right now that he he be a big time in acting? Now he can go back and do a singing. He don't care. He loves it. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna do my singing on my show. So this this is and what that's what he's are. doing right now. He's doing that. The Can You Be Shazam? I think that's what they call it. Oh, see? See what I'm talking about? See? That's what I mean. Like, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. You just want that cat skinned. So that this is this is what we what we kind of teach with the business of music. And we do that in, in conjunction with, um, uh, we partnered up with Guitar Center, um, which is uh, the retail part of the industry. And we, we just, we just, we just want to show that, 
the whole industry is joined together. We are an actual industry all together. The songwriter, it, it, it just trickles all the way down to the person who put the fuse in the keyboard to make it work. We're all a part of the same industry. And this is what the BMS is, is, is trying to, that, that's the culture we're, we're trying to promote, that we're one big industry and we all need to stick together. Because when one thing is affected, it's like apples and oranges. You know, if, if the oranges are, are if there's a frozen oranges, then the orange juice prices are going to go up. It's the same with music. If if songwriters and producers are affected, it's going to just trickle all the way down to that person who puts the fuse in the keyboard or your mixing board to make it work. It's going to trickle all the way. He may not have a job. See, so that's that's what we teach uh, in the culture we promote in the business and music seminars. Okay. And we're, oh, we're going to be in Chicago on May 24th. Anybody out there listening, you're going to be in Chicago on May, May 24th. Yes, I guess it's going to be a Great, great. And this is also in, um, affiliated with Long Island University? Yes, we, we uh, our moderator and board member, actually three of them, four of them actually have worked at uh, Long Island University. But uh, I met, again, this is what I mean about the business and music seminars. I met him through another board member, Kenyatta Beasley. Professor Beasley runs the music department, music production part, uh, department there at LIU. He became mm-hmm. our moderator. And we all kind of outgrew the Guitar Center here in New York. It was just too many people. So we decided to move it to LIU. Uh, and uh, another one of our board members, a very big producer, Tony Dofat, he's done like, on so many records. He also teaches there, producer uh, Basie Bob Brockman and uh, marketer Fiona Bloom. All, all are very, you know, Grammy winners. Mm-hmm. So, and um, it's kind of the Brooklyn campus? It, it, we started it with Guitar Center, 14th Street in okay. New York City. Mm-hmm. And it started out as a little, you know, thing. When I look at the first seminars pitches from 2012, I say, my God, to where we are now. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you know, that's what I mean about you said something interesting earlier. Where you begin is where you begin, but you don't know where you're going to end up. Right? You can kind of have an idea, but we really don't know because if we knew, uh, we would arrive there. Like if we knew that success was going to be there at 12 o'clock tomorrow on the corner of Border Market, you're going to be standing there. So we don't know. Oh, yeah. We work toward a goal. So when I look back at 2012's pictures, man, and, and when I when I got them home that night after we did the first, I said, oh, my God, look at us, man. Oh, boy, we're rocking. Now when I look back now, I say, oh, my God, it was rinky-dink. <laughs> look how tacky we look. It just looked, it's not, you know, but that shows growth. And this, this is what I tell all artists and all people endeavoring to do anything. As long as you have sustained growth in what you're doing, keep going. If you don't, readjust. I'm not going to say stop, but really look at what you're doing, a hard look at it if you don't see any growth. And that's, this, is, this is what we're teaching. So we, we're going to be at Guitar Center in Chicago. We, we're actually finally getting out of New York City. We're going to be doing Chicago. We're going to move it to – we're going to also be in L.A. But May 24th at the Guitar Center in uh, Chicago – we have an awesome lineup. It's free to attend. This is another thing. All all these all my seminars should be totally jam packed. They're, they're free to attend. Mm-hmm. You know. You know if if you had to pay, this would be a different story. So I encourage all people to to really go out um, and attend these seminars. They're free. You know we have uh, on the one and, and, and we have Tony Perez. You know people don't know who he is, but. He's, he's, he has Alessia Karras. He had two number one songs last year, last uh, 2016 going to 2017. Sold 3.5 million records. He's going to be there to give you advice for free. Hmm. You see, hmm. Zach Jablo, Grammy winner, governor of the of the Grammys in uh, in Chicago, produced Kanye. This one, that one, Mano, did Travis Scott. The Weeknd. This one. So these are all. Uh, producers and, and we got a couple of radio personalities that are there for free to give you advice. I, I would show up. I would definitely show up. Oh yeah, oh that's, definitely. That's, yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna have a really good time. And what time is this on May twenty fourth? This is um okay. This is May twenty fourth, Wednesday, May twenty fourth, from six p.m. to eight p.m. at Guitar Center, Chicago. 2633 North Halstead Street, Chicago. 
um, six to eight, free to attend. Uh, the panel mm-hmm. discussion is on music production and songwriting, refining and defining your sound for for success in today's music industry. And when I say in today's music industry, that doesn't necessarily mean the type of music they're doing, because each person should, you know, make their own way, define their own way in sound. I'm so sick of the rappers, like, all of them just doing the same flow. It's like, give me a break. We never did that. Like, I mean, wow. Everyone doesn't wear the same sneakers, don't like the same flavored juice. Why are we all doing the same thing? <laughs> it's, it's really, I don't care how big the record is either. I still say, wait, he's rapping like the other guy that had the big record. Yeah, like, I noticed that as well. I thought maybe it's a trend that's happening now. But um, do you think that maybe the ability to be original is something that they fear? Well, it's hard to be original, right? When you don't have original thoughts and you don't get outside of your of your comfort zone, meaning what you're used to. There are some people that don't, that don't go any further than past their downtown, past their downtown or their city. So if you don't have new experiences, go outside the box of your, your little clique and friends, then, yeah, it's hard to be original because all ten of us are doing the same thing. You know, you've seen it. it yeah. What do they call it? The uh, herd mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the herd mentality. You know, you see somebody looking up and start running, you're going to look up and just start running. You don't even know what you're looking up and running for. You're just going to do it. You see all these other people doing it. <laughs> so that's what I think is stifling us. Our kids have, we're kind of recycling this negativity. So there are no new experiences. So they, they all feel like it's like a herd mentality all across the country. It's really, really incredible. Phenomenon. Mm. Mm, interesting. Now, I mean, we can talk about this forever and ever and ever. You have such an amazing perspective, and you do so much more than than. How can I put it? You've been on all aspects, you know, all sides of the music industry. Mm-hmm. How do you manage to maintain the schedule that you have and be sane? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny you say that. I, um, you know, do, and I also do creative services for the Movement Magazine, mm-hmm. and well, I, you know, well, it's easy. I'm single. <laughs> the first thing. Um, okay. I don't have children. You know, I don't have a wife. So all, so I'm pretty much free. And I've kind of always been this way since I was young. I've been just really business oriented. I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a. Uh, I'm like an oxymoron, I guess that's the right word, where, like, I'm very public and very private at the same time. So. Maybe a paradox. Yeah, paradox. There you go. I'm a paradox. Ooh, wow. See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I like that. I'm a paradox. I'm going to start saying that. Hey, who are you? I'm a paradox, man. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't know that? Can't you tell? But, uh, no, I, I, uh, I just grind out and work all day long. You know, I think that's the only way you, 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 you you put it down and and you go you just check off your list all every day that's that's what I do and I really enjoy it I really only get lonely in a sense at night when everything stops kind of mm-hmm. like if I'm not making overseas calls and I'm just here like a, before you know it, it's eleven twelve one I'm still awake too that's when I kind of start to feel it like oh my god I need a girlfriend you know my girlfriend is damn music <laughs> so. That's when I really start to feel it. It's really at night, or when I have successes. There's really not not that special person to share it with, or that special person to say, "Wow, I'm proud of you." You know, your friends say that, but you know that that one that that you really value and their opinion and what they think of you. I don't have that. So those those are the little things you kind of you know mm-hmm. I kind of deal with. That's that's no excuse. I'm not telling anybody to be like that. You know, you can still have a regular life. I just choose this way. Mm-hmm. And that is that's probably the reason why you're so successful at what you do, because of the lack of distractions. So me, I, It's funny you say that. There's another video I watch. I love this guy. He said, there are so many distractions out there. And, and they're not saying that a relationship is, would be a distraction. I just think that people who have a lot in common, people who have more things in common than they don't should be together. So if I was with someone and we had uh, so many things in common, you know, uh, work ethic-wise and 
personality-wise, and yeah, they would get along with me fine because they would know what I was doing. You know, they know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I know what they're doing. So, you know, that kind of like how you have the Jay-Z and Beyonce type of thing. They're both very, very busy, and money does not play a fact in that. You know, I don't believe in that. You know, oh, they have money. That has nothing to do with it. They made a commitment to each other. So if I found that, then, yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> but I can't take the calls all day. Hey, what you doing? Is it? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the same thing I was doing last hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those things are, you know, you have to do those things. You know, those are necessary for a healthy relationship. And, you know, I try to go. But to avoid any conflict or, you know, accusations or any suspicions, that I would have to deal with while I'm trying to deal with a hundred million different. I also have a food pantry. You know, I do a lot of different things. We do a big food pantry also, Milagros Angels. Um, so you know, dealing with different teams and different personalities, having a girlfriend that our personalities wouldn't gel would just be a major, major distraction. I'm not that I just can't deal with that. <clears throat> so that that's pretty much how I I just grind all day. <laughs> Same as you, oh. I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, if you only know. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about, now, all the different hats yeah. you have to wear. Yes. Now, you're also going to be part of um, the um, film festival, the Newark International Film Festival. What role are you going to play with that? Oh, oh, yeah, the Newark International Film Festival uh, was amazing last year. I noticed that they had a few panelists on there uh, that that I also had, and I'm, some of them I'm friends with. Uh, but I noticed that it wasn't geared towards the, music, the movie industry as as it, as it concerns music. So uh, I just approached them. I, I know the uh, the CEO and all the, the whole team pretty much. We all pretty much know each other. And I just approached them and said, hey, the BMS would like to come in and, and put together your next seminar, but have it geared towards music and movies. How do you place your mo- your music and movies? How do you... Who do you contact? How does how what's that process? So we propose to them that we do a seminar on music supervisors, and these are the people that control the soundtrack and the background music for movies. You know, along with the producers and the director to get the proper mm-hmm. theme that they're looking for. So, so I proposed that, Nate. They were they were really eager and excited. So we we signed on board to go on ahead and do it. I also sing too now. Don't forget that I got my band, Black Fluid. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. We're still, we're still doing that. Um, I just like business. I always have. I just like things. I get bored. I get. Uh, I don't know. I, I can. I can. It's, let me tell you something. People who are high achievers, we live on the brink of depression. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Because you're always shooting for something, and if you don't have something to shoot for, or if you don't have that next. Hustle that next excitement going on the next hour. I don't know. High achievers just feel like we're like we're not doing anything. Like my life is a waste. I suck. That's how I feel. Literally, I'm telling you. Like I can hang up from you and be like, "What am I doing now? If I don't have anything to do now, I suck." <laughs> That's how I feel. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> you can have to excuse that um, someone's car just went off. I don't know what's going on. With that. Yeah. Hey, Live, man. We on blog talk radio. I'm gonna be shouting you out all the time now. Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. Now, okay, I don't want you to get depressed when the show is over, okay? <laughs> I know, right? I go, see, Coco, what you did? You put me on the radio. Now I don't know when I'm going to be on there again. <laughs> I don't know when. Oh, my goodness. Now, um, you have had the the privilege of being, a, you know, a vice president in an organization. You have been a singer, you have been, you know, doing the creative aspects of it. You have been all over the place. You're you're teaching. What do you find your most joyous position? Singing. Singing? Singing, yeah, when I'm on the mic, singing. That's my offset. Everything is geared towards that. Uh, everything that I do is kind of still geared towards the artistry. Mm-hmm. Because that's core, you know. You never kind of never give up your core. Never forget your core. What what got you there? So mm. that when I'm 
that when I'm singing that and when I'm helping people, those those two times when I'm at, I'm, at, when I'm doing business, business, hardcore business, etiquette, that's not so happy all the time. Because you're mm-hmm. dealing with all these personalities and you're asking a lot of favors a lot of times. and so. But when I'm singing and when I'm doing the food pantry, that's when I'm really happy. That that brings me joy. And and, and the business and music seminars because I see all those up-and-coming uh, singers and people who really want to make it, I see them there. It just gets me excited that I'm able to, to do something for them, you know, that wasn't done for me. So I, I guess giving is what excites me. That's what I was going to say. Helping and giving, that's where you are happiest. Yeah, definitely. Mm. All the other things, those are, the, the, all the other things that I do actually to, to hopefully, uh, my goal is to be like this philanthropist that's, you know, just able to mm-hmm. give, give. That's the goal of the mm-hmm. whole thing. Philanthropy, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> if I had a lot today, I would probably... I don't know. It depends on how much it was for. I don't know if I would do music at that level anymore. It would be about the people then at that point. So I guess that's wrong with all of this. For the people, and I man. Keep, yeah, and I heard that the object of this life that we're living right here and right now is to help somebody. So you're on the right path. Oh, definitely. Uh, it, thank you. We have to help. I have another endeavor I'm working on. I don't, I don't say too much, but it's called Love is a Message. But I'll, I'm going to tell you all about that off air. When we speak, so hopefully we stay in touch and we get to speak off air, and you know, I mm-hmm. maybe have some other um, guests that you might be interested in um, interviewing. Definitely. Great, thank you. I appreciate that. And just like Egypt, yeah. she uh, introduced me to you. That was amazing. Our Audrey, our Audrey Egypt Young, our editor in chief yeah. at the Movement Magazine, the boss lady. Yes, she is amazing. I told her when I grow up, I want to be like her. <laughs> yeah, she, she's something else. She. I, Speaking of, I don't know how she does it. I, I don't know how any, I guess it's just working hard, you know. You I know, think I look it's at, called passion. It's, it's a passion, right? You can't, you, when you have it and, you, and you're tuned into it and you just have your mind made up, there's nothing that can stop you. Mm. You know, I look at all the successful people from different fields, and different careers, and it's always the same thing, hard hard work, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, hard, hard work, you have to work hard, you know, so that's all, that's what it is, football, basketball, making ketchup, I don't care what it is, hard, hard work, if you're not out there stamping on them tomatoes or, you know, bringing those cranberries into the thing, you're not going to be successful, mm-hmm. that's, I just see it as that, hard work, and anything, yes. you know, if you yeah. in it, you can win it, so I told somebody, you just, this, uh, this little saying, I always say, if I hit the lotto, I'll be happy but not surprised. Oh, okay. I like that. Can I, can I would I be happy that? because I hit. I wouldn't be surprised because I played. So I expect to win. When I play the lotto, I expect to win. I'm not hoping to win. Mm-hmm. I'm not um, wishing to win. Mm-hmm. I expect to win because I played. That's why I played. Who plays to hopefully win? No, I don't hope for nothing. <laughs> I expect to win. That's my play. So expect when you're playing in a game of life, expect to win. That's it. Okay. Don't think about nothing I'm, else. I'm gonna take that one. I'm gonna use it on several different occasions. Yeah, expect it, man. You played. Okay. So hopefully I my will. numbers come in. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I need to now, do everything. How can if people want to know more about you or at least find out more about your um, BMS seminars? Um, how can they kind of catch you, find you? Oh, well, you can, for the for for me personally, you can always, you know, follow me on Instagram at Joe Adams Black Fluid. That's Joe Adams Black Fluid on Instagram. I, I have so many projects, I don't even do Twitter on anything, really. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, join me on Facebook. Let me see what that is. I always forget what that one is. Oh. That's pretty easy too. I think the same thing. Oh, on Facebook, it's uh, you know Facebook.com Joe Adams BLK Fluid, abbreviation for Black Fluid. Um, for the seminars, they can catch us at uh, www.bmseminars. Make sure I make sure I get that down. Bmseminars.org. 
and you'll see all the latest updates, and we're going to be doing some blogging on there and having guest speakers. and So, yeah, all, all those different ways you can you can get me. Email me, mm-hmm. joeadams437 at gmail. Let me hear some music because, you know, I also do a little music publishing as well. <laughs> oh. I've done a little bit of that, licensed some songs to the Olympics and love and hip-hop and things like that, so... I'm yeah. always open to hear new music because I have a lot of connections. Hey, I'm trying to make money in music also, so maybe we can collaborate and come together, somebody out there in Blog Talk Radio World. Let's go. Yes, indeed. I'm telling you, you are you a man of many hats. Yes. I, I try, <laughs> yeah. I love hats. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I hate them actually wearing them, but... <laughs> Yeah, I love it. it. It just keeps everything exciting and interesting for me. I'll just get bored and start getting depressed. Like, ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. Not literally. Yeah. Like, I don't want people to be out there saying, see, I knew I was right being depressed because I'm not making it. No, no, no. We don't want that. <laughs> yeah, see, I want to encourage that. See, I knew it. I had the right to cry. No, no, no. Yes. I don't well, mean it literally. I to, this is just a curious question. What sign are you? I'm a Capricorn. Oh, okay. Very workaholic. Yeah, oh, aren't we? I always read about the signs, and and, uh, I'm not a big believer in it, but we sure do have these characteristics that you kind of can't see. Because I read other signs, I say, that's not me at all. But sometimes when I read the Capricorn, I say, wow, that is me. (laughs) Yeah, we're workaholics, (laughs) and we, you know, they say we're, uh, we we, we can take our time and, and, and really be, you know, on it. Continuously, nonstop, mm-hmm. relentless. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes, very, very, very focused. Very focused. I love life. Because if you don't love life, then you must love death. People <laughs> 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 say, eh, no, you got to love life. Well, what? You want to die or what? What's the problem here? So, life, I feel you there. Well, I have to tell you that this was very, I mean, I learned so much. Um, you know, a lot of your perspectives on the music industry, I completely share. And, I mean, I've just had a great time with you. I'm you want to come back? <laughs> it's like we just know each other, right? Like, hey, girl, what up? <laughs> we eat nice steak, okay. <laughs> you are welcome back anytime, you know, if you want to come back and share some of your some more of your perspectives or um, whatever it is you want to do. You know, in regards to the music, or you have something coming up, something going on, please, please feel free to come back. Oh, I would love it. This I have so much fun. This is actually, yeah, my first time by myself. I actually used to be on the other side. I've done that a couple of years. We had a little radio show. So, I, as you can tell, I just love talking and just being personable and open and fun. Some people don't think I'm like this because I'm always. They only know the business side. They have no clue. Okay. Like, no, there's other, there's fun side to me. It's not always just business. <laughs> okay. Well, so I would well, love I to come back. And also, love to keep in touch and see if I could uh, offer up some some new uh, some some new uh, interviewees, some people for you to, to get, bring on the show. Great, I would love that. Acting, singing, I got all kind of people you can interview. Okay, great, excellent. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate that. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, so on the show, you know, what we try to do is we try to let people see that, you know, you can't follow somebody else's dream or goal because their journey is different from yours. And you really, if you believe in yourself, you just really have to go for it. And I have to say, once again, I have discovered another person who is a great example of just doing that. You have your passion, your dream, and you're going with it. And yours is in the music industry. And you have, I guess you can say, been an adventurer throughout the industry. Yes. Yeah. Well, you come right on up. I can tell you're a pro. I love it. And I, um, you know, I just want to say thank you because I like to have examples, you know, true examples, not the, you know, the ones that are made up or, or, you know, doctored up in stories, but real life examples of people who are doing just that. And I have to tell you, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Just be original out there, people. Be be yourself. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Step away from the sheep. <laughs> 
<laughs> no clones allowed. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. So, like I said, you are more than welcome to come back. I will, you know, c- keep the dialogue open and, you know, we'll talk. And like I said, thank you again. I really appreciate it. I love, and I will be telling everyone to please tune in to the Coco Express show on Blog Talk Radio. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, you have a good night, and we will talk soon. I appreciate you. Love you. Oh, thank you very thank much. You. You're night, welcome. Everyone. You're welcome. Okay. okay, everyone, like I said, here's your example of someone who is really doing exactly what it is his passion is calling him to do on all aspects of his life, not just business-wise, but all aspects of his life. He's connected to the spiritual, the mental, the physical, all those things, and that's something that we really need to understand that we have to address within each of ourselves because we're unbalanced if we don't. And when you fulfill yourself by doing all the things that your your spirit, your mind, your body is calling you to do, you are a much happier person. And once again, we have an example of that. So I tell each and every one of you, every time we meet, be original, as he said. You know, don't follow anybody else's this journey. Theirs is different from yours. Most of all, take care of yourself because if you don't take care of you, you're no good for anybody else. So on that note, I'm going to say be well and God bless. Thanks for tuning in. For more content, visit us at thecocoexpressshow.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Facebook. all parents get up to 50 percent off all of old navy's amazing kids and baby styles right now hurry in for two dollar flip-flops four dollar tees and tanks six dollar graphic tees and eight dollar dresses and boy shorts at old navy and old high fashion old navy valid five one to five nine